This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You're listening to This Day in History, a podcast dedicated to examining history from a standpoint of determining which event on any given day had the greatest impact on our lives. Now your host, Tony Hubert and Armand Kachigian. Hello again, everybody. October 4th is here. This Day in History is back with you on lineupmedia.fm, brought to you by Amazon.com and by Audible.com. Tony Hubert with you, my partner Armand Kachigian, as we bring you all the events that affect the world we live in today that ever occurred on October the 4th, including a little adjustment today. Yeah, technical difficulties surmounted, though. Not that adjustment. Little adjustment to history today. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Read your sheet there, Armand, with no, everything on it. Read it. No notes. Going totally. You're going totally uh, extemporaneous. You're going totally off the cuff today, huh? Well, don't forget subscribe to this podcast. You can subscribe in a variety of ways: iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, any major podcast outlet, and of course, like us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash This Day in History Podcast. Plus, check out all of the other great podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. There are over 40 waiting for you. We've got sports covered. We've got surreal uh, talk with conspiracies, cults, and the paranormal covered. Armand appears on that show from time to time. In fact, he's a kind of a crowd favorite. To rave reviews. you got a cult following. <laughs> Literally, a cult following. Right, Would I'm you gonna, stop shaking I'm your start drink? a cult. Yeah. Uh, only maybe women. you maybe you could catch an asteroid be David passing by. Maybe a comet. Everybody send me your wives and daughters. No oh, god. To mate. Ugh. To be my yeah, concubine. You, you, you keep up on Tinder and Sirens. You, you you keep trying that. All right. Yeah, I know. Armand, I started in the year six ten. I, I don't know why. This well, is just a just a little note. The whenever uh uh an emperor gets overthrown. It's kind of a big deal. The emperor of uh, the Byzant- Focus. Yeah, Byzantine emperor Focus. Uh, he gets overthrown because Heracles arrives from Africa, shows up in Constantinople, I says. Heraclius. Heraclius? No, I don't know. This isn't anything after uh, Belisarius and Narses. I don't know anything about it. Oh, well, you just stop. Yeah. You just stop right there. The world huh? stopped there. All right. Yeah. Well, he comes in from Dark Africa, ages. gets to Constantinople. Sets up a new regime. Well, okay. I think Thomas Jefferson would have approved. Immanuel Kant. I don't know why I brought him up. Yeah, I was going to say, where is this going? From Quiz Show, remember? Okay. I was just just wondering what Kant would have thought of all this. Remember, he goes, I think he'd have been okay with it. He'd have been okay with it. (laughs) Dumb shit. Didn't even know he was talking. That's a great scene. 1535. Well, the first ever English language uh, William Bible. Tyndale. You didn't yes. have to write that down for me. I knew that one. William Tyndale, Miles Coverdale. Uh, now him I didn't know. Now these two are the first to translate the Bible into English, and now you have a completed English language Bible. That's printed, of course. Well, what did uh, Caxton do? I don't know well, what I he did. I thought he was the first one to publish it. I don't it. know. Oh, I got a message here. Yeah. 
So well, I hope these all got a date tonight. Too. I hope these guys are on the up and up. Tim this Dale. one, this and one's a mojito date. It looks like this mo- guy likes oh, mojitos. For mojitos. Good for what you. What is a mojito anyway? What is it's that? It's a lovely drink. I think you. you think she, will, I think, think I can get her drunk. I think you'll hate it. I'm not gonna have it. I want to get her crocked. Oh God! Really? Stop. Is it an aphrodisiac? Why don't you and Bill Cosby share put little, notes? Put a little chloral hydrate in it. Mm-hmm. Got any roofies, buddy? No, no, none. Anyway, back to apologize to our female listeners. Yeah, why don't you? Hey, listen, Rochelle. I know she knows me pretty well, so this is not shocking to her. Anyway, Tyndale and Coverdale. Who cares? Okay, but here's the thing. Yeah, what? Armand, what if we sat down to translate the Bible? I'm telling you, it wasn't them. It was William Caxton. You don't think think we're going to throw a little, you know, kind of our own personal in there? I'm looking it up. I don't don't think I don't buy this crap. I don't trust translations. You really want to know? The the King James Version. You really want to know what's said? You better know the language it was written in and understand it really well. Otherwise, something's always going to be missed. I don't even think this fact is correct. 1582. Now, here's a fact that is correct. Pope Gregory Thirteenth. Oh, yeah. uh, he implements, of course, a new calendar. What did he call it, Armand? Uh, the Gregorian. Amazing that he, Pope Gregory would call it the Gregorian calendar. Yeah. So in the following countries, Italy, Portugal, Spain, and uh, Poland. Okay, here we go. William Caxton was an English merchant, diplomat, writer, and printer. He is thought to be the first Englishman to introduce a printing press into England. And I know he printed a Bible. Yes, but th- we're talking about who translated it. Oh, oh, is that what it is? Who cares? Yeah, oh, okay. Thank you, right. Armand, for deal. paying attention to your show. So in Italy, Portugal, Spain, Poland. Yeah, but not England. But not England. 1752. We get to the date October. I don't think Russia was like till 19, um, like 1918 or yeah, something. It was way later. After they overthrew those, the, the Khazar. The Khazar? Yeah, or the Tsar. What about the Tsar? You're right. Yeah. Right. Don't forget him. Or the, right. Or the Tsar. So if you go to bed that night, October the 4th, what, in what did 1582, you wake, you wake up, it's October 15th. Right. Well, that's okay. I wish that could happen here. Can we get paid? Isn't that payday? <laughs> you wake up, it's payday. Yeah, shit. We, I man. go back to bed again. Especially in your bracket, apparently. Why don't you tell everybody what you make, huh? Come on. Let everybody know. Yeah, no. 1795, first time that a uh, Frenchman really rises to prominence because he suppresses an armed counter-revolutionary. In fact, he suppresses a whole bunch of them, a whole bunch of rioters that are threatening the uh, National Convention going on in France. Uh, So, again, the rise to prominence because of putting this down. And it goes to with, no- with cannon, as I yeah, recall. It goes to Napoleon. Putting it down brutally. Yeah, it goes to Napoleon Bonaparte, 1795. He enters the stage. Yeah. And he won't exit the stage for quite a while. we got to find out what his real height was. I don't think he was that short, really. Yeah, what do you think? Come on, 5'6", five, 5'7", five, six, five, six, Which right? is about normal, I Average think, Average height then. for a male in the uh, 19th century. Yeah, I'd have been pretty tall back then. I think, you would, I think your average height now for a man of the world. Or thank you. You happen to live in America. Okay. The United States were, but average, I, but average intellect, above. Oh, oh, thank you. Well, I always Very say gracious. this. You act surprised what when I mean throw above? you a bone. That's it is above. That's an insult. Uh, above, above. No, non-parial. non-parial. How about that? Without peer, bull. <laughs> well, at least you know I'll, what it means. I'll go find someone. All right. Somewhere in your and I can do forty pull-ups. 
That is impressive. 40. That is impressive. Well, I don't know, I don't know uh, if I can do that I again. Can't, I did it last week. I can't do one. 37 this morning. 40. Oh. I, don't, I don't know. I was in fine fettle that Do that you day. go all the way down? Yeah, they're not bad. You keep some tension well, in the elbow? Well, you just loosen up your shoulders. And, uh, and is this a... Uh, no, no. This is a pull up. Palm down. Palms facing outward. Yeah. Instead of the re- inverse, which is a no, technically I think a chin that's up, easier. right? Yeah, I think that's easier, too. Plus, I've got those grips, so I, my grip is tough. And how far are your hands apart on the pull? Uh, shoulder length? Shoulder, or? shoulder oh, width. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, and we do some dips, too, in there. All right. 18. All right. Wait a minute. Now, you, you skipped. Okay, 1853. I don't know why you skipped. You got this garbage in here, and you skipped the beginning of the Crimean War. Which we one of our favorite wars in this one of your this, favorite well, wars it is because it was so stupid and so ridiculous and and so osseous. Oh, there's that word odium again. cum dignitai. Odium yeah. cum dignitai. Like two hundred forty thousand people died for absolutely for what? No, nothing. For what? Absolutely, it was probably worse than Vietnam. Really, for this one, I don't know. Russians against the Ottomans at first, and the British and the French had to join in, and uh, you know everybody fought the Russians. I think it was fighting over control of the Black Sea because the Russians didn't, I mean, the British and the French didn't want the Ottomans, who were the sick man of Europe, of course, and Asia, uh, to uh, take over control, which they had anyway, but they didn't really have much of a navy. So anyway, they fight this in Crimea, the peninsula, and more people, of course, are ravaged by typhus and all exactly. that. Exactly. The disease. Cholera, right. yeah, disease killed a hell of a lot more than But we got a good cannon. poem. We got a good poem out of it, didn't we? One of my favorites, Charge of the Library. And we got a sweater out of it. And we got several things. We got the cardigan. We got a raglan. We got hmm. all kinds of clothes out of it. That was neat. That was kind of a cool deal. Out of the cardigan emerge out of the sweater. Out of the Crimean Lord Cardigan. Lord, Lord Cardigan. Yeah. Okay. And Lord Raglan. And Raglan. Now, you don't hear much about the Raglan sweater. Yeah. What, what, what is? Well, haven't you heard of Alexander's Raglan band? That's ragtime. That's but, a joke, son. But Raglan's trying to infuse humor into this history. You're know, not it's funny. A, it's, a, it's a grievous war. Florence Nightingale and her little owl, Minerva, remember? Yes, yes. We've, got, we've had all the stories. All right, so anyway. Yeah, I kind of, uh, the British Army kind of loves a Raglan sweater, don't yeah. they? Yeah, oh, okay. I got I to gotta order some of that stuff on uh, AOL. Man. You, you like the one with the patches on the shoulder? Yeah, yeah. yeah those are those I are good. I, I had one of those. I don't know. Look like a Paulette's. I got to tell you, I think the British Army's been pretty into these for what? 150 well, plus years now. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah. so okay. I gotta get this gal drunk. Yeah. On so mojitos. we got two sweaters and a poem in Florence Nightingale out of the Crimean War, eighteen fifty-three. Yeah. In eighteen seventy-six, a uh, university, the first one. Oh, the Aggies. Yeah. To open in Texas, which was news to me. I would have assumed this is the University of Texas, a great institution, yeah. but it wasn't. It was Texas A&M, which opened its doors as the Agricultural and Mechanical College of Texas. How come they're called the Aggies? Why aren't they called the Meckies? That'd be cool. Yeah, or the Agmex. Or Agmex. Yeah, it's like the Aztecs. Is that San Diego State? Yeah, that is SD State. Yeah, okay. yeah they're the yeah, Aztecs. The Agmex. I like that better. Yeah. The Agricultural Aggies. and Mechanical. Uh, college. It's the first public institution of higher education in Texas, which that's a shocker to me. Well, they got a nice ROTC down there. Oh, they do, man. They all show up at the football game too. Yeah. All, all, yeah. That's a big deal, man. That's a, I, I've never been to College Station. Have you? No, I no, you've never been anywhere. 1883, first time that the Orient Express. Oh yeah, hits the rails. Murder and intrigue. I would love to someday go on that. 
I don't think it's around anymore. Yeah, it is. It still runs. What are you talking about? It does. I don't think it goes all the way to Constantinople. No, no, no I don't think the original goes now. I don't know. It goes to Vienna anymore. I, anyway, didn't they come? Didn't they come out with another one? Murder on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. When's that coming out? I don't know. God, Hollywood stinks. They can't think of anything new. They got to remake a forty-year-old movie, which was okay to begin with. I think that's one Ingrid Bergman won her second Academy Award for. Best Supporting Actress. Oh, so so right now, uh, the Orient Express, let me give you its uh, its route. Well, it doesn't uh, go to the Orient. I know that. Well, it goes London, Paris, Venice. Uh, okay, Venice. Occasional departures to Krakow, Vienna, Budapest, Prague, Rome, Stockholm, and even Istanbul. So if you consider Istanbul the yeah. Orient. Um, okay. Well, I don't want to take it. Why not? Beautiful. Know. I've seen it once. Well, and, I don't know if it's still is it still living up to the grandeur which yes, was I yes. mean that was what it was all about. It was yeah. you know, this we, is the we, first we were on a opulent uh, travel. We were pulling out of, I believe, Saint Pancreas in London. Saint Pancreas? Yeah. How do you say it? Pancreas? Sure Saint Duodenum? I don't know. I've it's never a, heard it's of a it. station it's a big train station in London. All right. We were pulling Pancreas out Pancreas is where you you make your insulin. Okay. Well anyway, they have a train station. I, it's not Pancreas either, because that's form of fighting. We're pulling out. We're on a day trip somewhere. I think we're going to Oxford. And uh, on the siding is the Orient Express waiting to hook up to, uh, you know, its engine, which I, I don't know what kind of engine they use for it. But you could look into it and see, and, and you know, all the all the dining, all the silver and everything is out, you know, oh. as you pass the dining. It was opulent. It, I mean, it was opulent. Now, this was in the early 90s, so I'm pretty sure it's... Ostentatious? Yes. It was a bit overdone, I might say, wow. for a train. Cloying. Yeah, yeah. But it was beautiful, and, uh, you know... Well, always, whatever, that's safe. Listen, as long as people want to pay for it... Always wanted to ride on it. As long as it's not subsidized by the government. Uh, I think it's part of British Rail, maybe. Probably, so. yeah. Part of Amtrak. <laughs> not over there. Amtrak, the only people that can lose money selling sandwiches for four bucks, you know? I know. How can you lose money selling food well, on a train? You'll be happy to know that uh, the, the St. Louis to Kansas City corridor is being considered for your and I's uh, Hyperloop. Oh, yeah? 30 minutes from St. Louis to KC. And wow. KC I'd rather have it to Chicago, but. I think you'll get that as well. Yeah, that'd but, be cool. You know, you can get a lot of places. St. Louis right in the middle. That's you know, where we do the show from. You could. Somebody's called me from California. We could get to KC, Chicago, Indianapolis, Louisville, Memphis, all within inside 30 minutes. Oh, that'd be oh, great. man. Just don't subsidize it. Let it be private. I'll pay the fee. You know, you could take all that money that California is blowing on that speed train, which you'll never get. No, they made. need to go Hyperloop. This yeah, is the way. Well, do Let, that. Let's do this. Let's do That's this. supposed to cost like $300 for a ticket to San Francisco from L.A. If I can go to Chicago, change trains, then I can be in Detroit in another half an hour. Yeah. It means oh, I can be, be great. In, I don't know. I don't know what the practicality of it is. or I don't care. Make it work. Yeah, but does, okay, they, I'm sure they could make it work, but doesn't the expense have anything to do with it? How much does it cost? Expense be damned. I need to be around this nation in a, well, in a vacuum be, tube. Expense be damned if it's private. If it's public, you can't say that. No, well, let's private. Who care? I don't care how much Elon Musk sinks into it. But we're subsidizing. Again, I I will pay the fee. Yeah, I but re- how much? There's I, only a certain. Well, fly if you have to get there that quick. No, this is quicker than flying. Okay, so what? Is it worth to say fifteen? Was it forty minutes to get to Chicago? Although you got that. Although this isn't going to be you just jump on the thing. You have to wait. And, but anyway, wait. I, I'm all for it. 
Total but elapsed if it was private time and will still be quicker. Somebody's going to do it. Yes. Well, let it happen naturally. Okay. Are you for government subsidizing it? That's the question. I well, guess I'm getting you know, around damn to. Damn it! They've subsidized every form of transportation almost since transportation. Yeah, yeah they? and that's what's caused the panic of 1873 Everything. and other problems. Railroads. Yeah, railroads. Air. Right, because you have to give them the land, first of all. Well, Although we already yes. have that, I guess, if you get that stupid See, the hyperlink, print. that hyperloop going to be underground, I thought. I thought it was above ground. Well, either way. Either, I don't care. Yeah, it's all right with me. Actually, let's put it underground. I, I don't I don't want anyone. And let's not yeah, tell anyone. Global warming causes earthquakes. How about fragging? Let's could cause, uh, cause an earthquake. But don't tell anyone where it's buried. It's there. Oh, okay. Who do you call before you dig? Isn't it, you oh, yeah, you're supposed to call the gas company. <laughs> yeah, but there's somebody's name in it. Or yeah. Some yeah, woman there's a, call yeah, there's an name. acronym to call before. Yeah. And uh, then that's a public service announcement. Yes. Yeah, don't dig in your yard unless yeah. you don't want to hit, do hit, hit a gas line. I watched Frankenstein last night. They dig? They dug a lot. They yeah. didn't call anybody. They didn't call a soul. What's this from? There's two kinds of people in this world. The kind with guns and the kind who dig. Uh, for you a few dig. dollars more. You dig. No, oh, good, bad, and the ugly. Good, bad, and the odds in those. Eli Wallach had to dig. Zone. There you go. 1895, the first uh, United States Men's Open Golf Championship held at Newport Country Club. Oh, so there's a shot. It's a good place. Man. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Newport Country Club gets a, gets, a, gets a golf tournament. I got to say, though, as a test of golf, I've heard there is no tougher test, even for the pros than the course setups at the U.S. Opens, wherever the wherever really? it may be, whether it's Pebble Beach, Pinehurst. Who won this year? I don't even remember. I don't even remember. Okay. I don't. I love to watch pro golfers get into trouble and then scramble. Well, make it hard, yeah. Scramble out of it. To me, that's infinitely enjoyable. Well, yeah. Well, that makes sense. You know, the, the PGA and the Masters. Pebble Beach. Well, I mean, again, where they – place the pin and you know that has a lot to do with and they've they've tried to tiger proof some of the courses of course tiger's gone now yeah and they got a whole new s- slew of young guys oh, who could play their asses off i mean you well, see, make you, it harder you see some of these guys and how far oh well i don't want to see uh you know guys winning 20 under or something that's more fun when it's tough the u.s open is always going to be around par probably unless the unless you get a like, four days of rain to soften up the course yeah, well, where you do can that Start sticking all your uh, wedges and irons onto the green. I think it's always going to be a you know around par. I don't care what the final score is. If you're five over and win, you won. Isn't that the point of golf? Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I'm just, Who the hell cares? I don't want it to be too easy. It doesn't look easy. I had a guy at Pinehurst once said, "You can't believe what these greens are like." I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, on TV, you know, they look fine. They look two dimensional, of course." In reality, he goes, Tony, take a soup bowl, turn it upside down. That little flat spot on the soup bowl, that's about as much space on that green as you have to land the ball without it just sliding off. Okay. That's tough. You don't golf, do no, you? No, wrestling's harder. Okay. Real, sure. men, real men wrestle. Sure it is. Sure it is. 1927, got some borglum. Yeah, I think he used to live in St. Louis. Well, he begins sculpting Mount Rushmore. I think his son actually finished it. I don't think he lived it long enough to find it to to finish it. But I, I kind of question his choices of who to put on there. But <clears throat> that's my opinion. How about the technique, though, having to use those? He's using dynamite, wasn't he? Well, use dynamite to blast the, the rock away. Then go in with those, uh, you know, uh, what is it, a pneumonic hammer? Pneumatic hammer. Pneumatic hammer yeah. and and 
that had to you have to have air hose attached to it. I don't know. And try to try to you know sort of pound that smooth. Whew. And it's right outside Rapid City, right? Isn't that where it is? Rapid City, South it. Dakota. Yeah, I've well, never. That's where the North on, by Northwest was. Yeah, I've never been up there. I'd like to see it, just to see it, but. I'm not making a special trip just no, to see it. I don't think I want to go see it. Now, the crazy horse thing, if that thing ever gets done, either. I'd see that. Now, did they ever finish Stone Mountain? Because I'm, I'm assuming they're going to blow that up, right? No, that's Robert E. Lee in, in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, it's finished. It's okay. beautiful. Really? Well, yes. I'm surprised. Well, how come they don't blow that up? They're not going to blow that up. Why not? I don't know. Because <laughs> they're you not. You take I- their statues down, but you leave this big mountain. They're with not the- ISIS. That's why. Uh-huh. Well, somebody's going to do statues it. Statues are taken down. They weren't destroyed. Yeah. All right. 1941, Norman Rockwell, the character that he uses all the time in his yeah. paintings, Willie Gillis. I remember this character, yeah. He uh, debuts on the cover of that Saturday Evening Post. Yeah, first of many, I guess. Mm-hmm. That was his World War II character. Yeah. Got joined the Army. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple more events, then we'll do the birthdays. The space race, Sputnik goes yeah. up on this date in 1957, first satellite to uh, get into orbit. Yeah, kind of threw the country into a tizzy there that they were ahead of us. This was the geophysical, international geophysical year, and well, the Russians they topped us with this one. Did, well, is it because they were? Although supposedly, I think we were supposed to go in first. I think we were supposed to launch first, but uh, what's his name? Of course, uh, Werner von Braun. Yeah, he was a perfectionist. He held he did, off. Something went wrong. So a couple weeks See, later, you know, we, in Russia, he have beaten them. How many times did they try before they got Sputnik one up? Because how do we know it's actually Sputnik one? I'm saying Sputnik 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 probably blew up. We just don't know about it. Mm, I don't know about that. How tough is it? sounds about the size of a basketball with like big. four antenna on it. Right. I don't know. Well, anyway, they got there first. Well, it's probably the Cambridge Five stole our rocket think. secrets. Yeah, I don't think so. And by the way, the fifth guy was Blunt. Anthony Blunt. Blunt. Anthony I couldn't Blunt. think of him the other day. How about that? 1965, Pope Paul VI arrives in New York City. The first pope. That's Mr. Montini again, I to think, visit, right? Yes, Montini, like Martini. That's yeah. a good way to remember it. The first pope to visit the Americas. How's that possible? You mean you mean to tell me a pope did not get over here to the Western Hemisphere until 1965? I don't want him yet, over here anyway. Yet they're making judgments about how the Western Hemisphere is going to live and be and be politically bordered? Yeah, well, tell, yeah, tell uh, Mr. Grief. Argentina. Yeah. Tell the guy thinks he's Juan Perón, the new pope. You, you, go on with your Francis thing, but come on. I hate the guy. You can't. I mean, a, well, 1965. So what? They haven't been to. You know, they haven't been a lot of places. Yeah, but a lot of places don't. Infallible. You a lot of places judgment. don't have Catholics. I understand not going to China. How about Brazil? Yeah. Why aren't you in Brazil? Why haven't you gone? I mean, come on. Well, that, America's I don't full think they of travel much till was it John Paul II? He was well, the guy he, went everywhere. He toured like a rock yeah. star. I mean, you know, I think you, you know, remember that bit on Saturday have overdone it. Saturday Night Live where Father Guido Sarducci came out with the tour jacket <laughs> for it was the Pope John Paul II, nineteen eighty something yeah, tour. Kiss my ring, Sunbelt <laughs> tour. It's <laughs> pretty good. And he had the tour jacket. They had it all made up and everything. A steamer trunk with all the thing, the decals on it. Yeah, stack of marshals. Yeah, who was, it? was it Laurel? Put the decals on the inside. <laughs> Stan Laurel. <laughs> Everywhere they'd been was on the inside of the truck. Yeah. Oh, God. Great gag. All right. And uh, finally, uh, two more. Uh, hey, the land speed record, Richard Noble set a new one. This date in 1983, 
This is staggering. Land speed record, 633.468 miles per hour. That's, that's moving. How did Thrust tires, two. How did tires even survive? And he didn't do it at Bonneville. He did it out at All Black right. Rock Desert in Nevada, which I'm unfamiliar with. Hey, I got my date. She's showing yeah, that a boy, Armand. Great. I'm that a boy. Great. See you then. See you at 630. Yeah, 630. You going to take a you shower? Gotta, you got to? Yeah. No. No. See what I'm dealing with, folks? I need help. I took a shower this morning. 2000. Yeah. Why don't you take another one? You think? Yes. Well, I got some cologne in my eye. That'd be good. Some, some brute? Or no. like uh, Woody Allen? I'm going to douse myself in canoe. <laughs> <laughs> Play it again, Sam. Come here, Sharon. Hey, I got a 16-year-old. I can always tell when he's going out. That was the best line in that movie. Is he's, remember, was Bogart was uh, that whole the whole movie. Bogart's giving him tips on women. Come here, Sharon. Sorry, I had to get rough back there, but you you got a little crazy when I said no more. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm sorry to slap you around. Our with. whole house smells like the cosmetic section at the mall. Yeah. When this kid gets ready to go out. Wow. I mean, it just comes just comes rolling down the I'm steps. Put a discreet amount. Ahead of him. And I'm like. Who? Your son? Yeah. I thought, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah man, I don't yeah. know if that's good. Yeah. He I mean, does better than I do anyway. Yeah, he does good. He has a very nice girlfriend. <sighs> very, very nice lady. Young lady. Uh, Richard Noble, yeah, the land speed record. Okay. Now, in 2006. This is one that really has hey, I got no, I like this guy. The world we live in today. Yeah. Uh, WikiLeaks is launched by Julian Assange. And I don't know. Hey, I like the guy. You know, I, I don't I don't see the they get mad at that he's putting lives in danger by, you know, okay, well listen, if if our lives are insured by the government having all these secrets and not telling us anything, who's at fault? I think the government is. Don't have the damn secrets, don't put people in in jeopardy. Well, you you do admit that governments do have to keep secrets. I don't know about, about that. Well, you and I both, we our opinion on the CIA is pretty close. They, they have to keep secrets because they don't want us to know. I don't think it's because they don't want the enemy. I mean, it's one it's one thing to be at war. And listen, I don't want yeah, I don't want them to know what General Patton's doing with his tanks. But it's something else. You know what this is all about? Our spies. Are, well, get the hell the spies out of there. Mind your own business. You know, like. Uh, United Fruit Company down in, you know, that kind of, in Central America and shit like that. That's what they're covering up. And the big thing he showed was that they're snooping on us. Oh, Remember, yeah. that was the big thing. Well, they had been since. Uh, yeah, well, these cell phones, though, that was a big, you know, that they, they can get, they probably know everything, you know, they, or they can. Look, if have you access had, to everything if, you've ever if done. If you had watched The Dark Knight, like I told you to. <laughs> I don't like Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman's fabulous. Okay. Well. Okay. But you do like, uh, you do like Morgan Freeman. Plays Lucius Fox in The Dark Knight. Very technical expert at Wayne Enterprises. So what? Who's Alfred? Oh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Yeah, I yeah. Forgot. yeah. So, so what? Uh, what Bruce Wayne does is he builds a device that can hone in and turn every cell phone into a sonar device and create a picture. And Lucius, as soon as he sees it, says, "No, no, 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 no. This is too much." This is too much power for one guy, right? All right. So that's what they use to find out where the Joker is. And then Wayne, knowing that Lucius is not going to like this, because uh, Lucius says, I'll help you find him because we got this crazy killer out there. But after that, I'm done. I'm resigning. And and Wayne tells him, go ahead, type your name in. And the whole system blows up. Well, I don't think we have to 
watch The Dark Knight. All we have to do is read 1984. Well, that's yeah, where that's they lifted it from, Armand. Big Brother watching. Well, that's what I'm saying. Batman uh, became Big Brother for an instant because he had to. To save us. <laughs> right. From the Joker. That's what they keep telling us. Yeah. I mean, you wait till... I mean... Who we, are we... Or who's the government saving us from? Putin? It's a good question. Yeah, man. that's I mean, what I'm saying. You know, they're charged with Xi, what's his name? Saving Xi us from, uh, from China th- threats, foreign and domestic. The government makes it, like H. L. Mencken said, the government makes the threats, and then they have to save us from them. No, well, that's so that, I, I don't have a problem with this guy, Assange. I, I'm not saying he's a hero, but he's not the goat either. Still hold up at that Ecuadorian embassy is that where, in yeah, London? I think so. I no, think that's where no. he is. Yeah. Where the Russians were going in and out of just before the election. I wonder if there's any chicks in there. Putin probably sent some chicks over. Probably. I mean, right? You get to let him live it up, man. What the hell? Man, if I got to stay there, all right. Ecuadorian Who, women are pretty good, though. Oh yeah, pretty good looking. Yeah, well, it's next to Colombia. You know, that's where they make Panama hats in Ecuador. Yes, that yeah, doesn't seem right. That's a trivia question. Yeah. Uh, who you know was the capital of Ecuador? Closest capital to the equator, by the way. Uh, Quito. Very good. I haven't been there. Better though. know it. I haven't yeah. been there though. I'd, uh, it's, I hear it's a gorgeous and also, country. I, I don't know if that mountain's in there. The one that's the farthest out from the center of the earth. Uh, oh. Chimborazo. I think that's in Ecuador. Because it's, it's, it's not as tall as Everest, but it's... It's, it's farther the, from the, bulge of the, the earth. geographic center of the earth. Well, the bulge of the earth makes yeah. it farther out right. of the, from right. the center. Right. Not Chim- above sea level, you're saying. No, but right. Well, the, you know, now... If you got to the center point of earth, drew the straight line, this mountain's peak would be a greater distance yeah. than the same distance to the peak of Everest. And if you're going from the base to the top, it's Mauna Kea. Because it's... Yeah. Half of it's like underneath... It's like 36,000 feet or something if you get right. it from the seabed. Right. But Chimborazo, I think, that's... I actually had that in trivia. I don't like the concept. way they measure the height of mountains. What's your problem? What, well, I, I just think, you know, before the real climbing... I just want to know what the biggest mountain is when the real vertical climbing starts, what's that? I don't know, but that sounds because like if you can just walk, being peck if you can, if you can just walk up the whole way, I don't know. I need some real jagged edge stuff. <laughs> what, what's that mountain? What's the toughest well, there's a mountain? Guy, well, that's that's a question. Annapurna is like I think I, the toughest. Okay. I'm, right. It depends on what you say. Some of these faces have never been climbed. Yeah, some of them it, by deaths trying and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's Annapurna is the one that okay. uh, has a reputation for All being. Right. While you difficult. look that up, let's get the birthday started. Who was born on October the fourth? Well, President Rutherford B. Hayes was. Richard Hayes, uh, kind of his accidency. They didn't like him much. He's president number nineteen. You know, once you get past Grant and up until Roosevelt, that whole that whole era of presidents for me is like a black hole. <laughs> well, study it. I have. I can never remember the, the order. I, I know Arthur's in yeah, there. Chimborazo is Ecuador. Cleveland yep. is in there, and Hayes is in well, there, and Garfield is in there. Well, I don't have a system. I just know that, you know, Grant, John, uh, Grant Hayes, uh, Garfield, Arthur, uh, Cleveland, Arthur, Benjamin Harrison. Oh, Harrison. Yeah. There, there, then see, Cle- there's then one Cleveland. Then Cleveland again. Right. Then McKinley. And then Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. Then Roosevelt, you can right. take it on home. Yeah. Yeah, that, for some reason, I just view those and this late 19th century presidents as almost like a just forgotten about. Well, that's uh, under what under what president besides Washington, of course, were there the most states added to the union? Hmm. Hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, I know. And who like is it? Benjamin Harrison. Harrison. Okay. Like six of them, I think. Wow. 
Good for Benjamin. North Dakota, South Dakota, all those territories became states. Yes. Should have kept going. Remember? Watch the man who shot Liberty Valance. 1861, great artist, painter, and a sculptor. I love his work, Armand. Frederick Remington. Man, I got a couple. You missed a couple. 1626. Now let's concentrate on Frederick Remington. I don't like him. Why not? Because, I, I don't know, he's got guys on horses. and I don't like these Western motifs. I like Rembrandt. You are un-American. I guess I am. I don't like this guy. I love Frederick Remington. All right. Good stuff. Richard Cromwell, 1626. Yep. Kind of blew up, <laughs> blew whatever his dad did. He was kind of a blithering fool. Kind but, of undid uh, Oliver's work. Huh? Yeah, well, I mean, he should have known. I, in fact, they should have given it to his daughter. The daughter was probably would have been a much better ruler than this guy. She wore the she wore the codpiece in the family. Ha. And then, uh, hey, you know, I saw a commercial with a codpiece. Did you see that? I was watching, was it the world? Not the world, the playoffs? They actually had a... What's that? Because uh, I I hadn't seen that on a commercial. I think some kind of beer commercial or some guys up at the bar. Really? Yeah. Was, or did I see it on the internet? I'm not sure. Maybe it was in the internet. I don't know. Because it was, was like, wow. Was like, they actually said codpiece. The guy's the bartender's wearing one. 1862, Edward Stratemeyer. You Now, you've probably read this guy, even though you don't know it. Okay. You ever read The Hardy Boys or yes. Bobsy Twins? Yes. I, Armand, or, uh, the top shelf of my uh, home library is filled with my uh, original hardback, uh, hardcover uh, Hardy Boys from the 1970s. Well, now, I know they're, they were they were hardback, but that's when I could go to Walden Books. or yeah. uh, And and I, I had one through 58. Dalton, B. Dalton B. Books. Dalton, that was my yeah. store. Yeah. And you could get, um, sometimes when they're not on sale, you could get four for four bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Franklin W. Well, Dixon, the, the, the pen name. Well, he did uh, the Bobsy Twins. Yeah. Uh, who were the two? Who were the? Uh, did he do Tom Swift as well? Sort of nah, the astronaut nah, guy. I don't think so. No, no. Um, he. Who were the other ones that were? Remember, remember the Hardy Boys. Nancy Drew. That's him too. But like he, Carolyn Keene was his uh, pseudonym for yes. Nancy Drew. And his pseudonym for I, in Hardy fact, Boys. I almost got in a fight once at a trivia contest because they asked who wrote. Who wrote uh, the Nancy Drew mysteries? Mm-hmm. And I said Edward Stratemeyer. Yeah. And they oh. said it was wrong. Oh, I said no, Carolyn no. Keene. I said, that's the same person, you moron. Yeah, same person. This is before we had the internet, and they Fra- couldn't look it up. Franklin W. Dixon was the name for the Hardy Boys. Uh, and then Laura Lynn Hope, I think, was uh, the Bobsy Twins. Laura Lynn. Okay. That's him. All the, I, so the Hardy Boy books were great, sort of yeah. formulaic. Stratemont, yeah. And you they know. taught you a good lesson. And uh, remember, the, remember the show? The, was it was it Sean Cass? Oh, yeah. I watched was the show. Was that Sean Cass? Yes. Who? I watched the show religiously. Who was the other guy? The I forget. Fair-haired guy. Yeah. I bet he got laid. Parker uh, Wheatley, right? That sounds right, Parker actually. Parker Wheatley, I think. Hold on here. God, I'm old. No, I watched that. And that was show was on Sunday nights. Yeah. They had the, and then who played Nancy Drew? Remember? The, the Hardy Boys' Nancy Drew Mysteries. I mean, I, you know, it wasn't exactly Columbo. So we, so we had uh, Sean Cassidy, Parker Stevenson. Parker Stevenson, yeah. Mm-hmm. Parker Wheatley. Where did I come up with that? Well, you were. Come on, I'm going to. What, what are the initials of uh, Nancy Drew? I'm going to give you full credit because that's a good call. Who is Parker Wheatley? That's a guy too, and he's. Um, where did I come up with that name? Okay, and you want the initials for who in the Nancy? Nancy Drew. She's a cute little gal. I liked her. She reminded me kind of of Cindy on the uh, Brady Bunch. Okay. The initials for Nancy Drew, the actress, are PSM. Oh, uh, Pamela Smith Martin? Pamela Sue Martin. There you go. Pamela Sue Martin. Nice pull. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I wonder whatever happened. Lisa Eichelberger was in these. 
Parker. Oh, Parker, he was on KMOX in St. Louis. Oh, that, well, that's where I got him. Yeah, there you go. We got to pull that name out. Okay. Yeah. Hey. So I have. I have. Again, well, don't tell me you never met him. No. No. He's a radio guy. Uh, not no, not him. I'm, I don't. I've never met him. Who was the guy that used to do the uh, Saturday morning comedy show? He was, he was funny. He was great. He was good. Yeah. Man, I miss that. That was a hilarious well, show. Well, they had a good late night host for years. Um, you could hear him all over the nation. Didn't matter where you lived. Uh, Jim White. Yeah, remember Jim him? White. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, What yeah. Goes Bump in the Night. Right. He, it was sort of. I like this guy better. Jack, what was his name? The Saturday morning comedy show. He was great. Yeah. yeah. Old time radio stuff. Yeah, they had good stuff, man. Okay, so anyway, where are we? Okay, Remington, he sucks. Damon Runyon, Damon one of my Runyon. favorite, my favorite author, man. Yeah. One of my, I got his complete works on my Kindle. Good for you. Now you do know the uh, the musical Guys and Dolls, yes, all based on Damon Runyon's work. He was a sports writer, just like Ring Lardner, and uh, his characters are great. You know, gamblers and no good nicks, because that's what he was, kind of a gambler. He had a problem with that, but uh, yeah, not a bad guy I like Damon Runyon. Read his stuff. Anything by him is, is really good stuff. And then, uh, let's see. Well, the uh, the guy we really want to talk about today, my favorite comedian probably next to W.C. Fields, uh, Buster Keaton, 1895. Joe Keaton Jr., the human mop. <laughs> the human yeah, mop. Yeah, that's what he was. He was like three years old. Good, his dad, such a good name. His dad would use him like a mop. Yeah. Oh man, they they thought he was a little midget. They you know, and then they found out he's a, a kid, and then uh, the the father could he throw him around all the time, and uh, they were trying to get him for a child abuse even back then. Because that, and then Buster Keaton went in front of the judge and showed I don't have any bruises or broken bones. And the guy's all right, let him go. Uh, this guy, that's why he could take a pratfall like nobody could. That was amazing. Some of the stuff he did, did all his uh, own stunts until MGM got a hold of him because he always said stuntmen aren't funny. He's right there. <laughs> Stuntman. Yeah, and then he married Natalie Talmadge. That was a big oh, mistake. That's, that's, Got in the wrong family true. there. Uh, in fact, James Mason bought his house after he kind of went down down the tubes. He started drinking. Because after he went over to uh, MGM, see, he made his own movies. And MGM said, listen, we're going to buy your studio, buy you lock, stock, and barrel. And Chaplin told him, don't do it. Harold Lloyd told him, don't do it. But he did it anyway. You know, offer he couldn't refuse. And then MGM said, well, here are your scripts. Start doing it. Well, that's not the way Buster Keaton worked. You know, Buster Keaton got out there and started, you know, just kind of spitballing and uh, thinking things over. And that's how he came up with his gags. But at Metro, and then they teamed him up with Jimmy Durante, which really, really was not a good idea. But they made money, so they kept doing it. Uh, anyway, that's when he started hitting the booze, and uh, he quit at MGM, and he kind of went downhill. Talmadge uh, divorced him. In fact, before she even divorced him, he got married to somebody else, so he's technically a bigamist. Ooh. And then his buddy Roscoe Arbuckle died, you know, that whole deal. That, yes. that Because Arbuckle taught him everything about movies. That's He's the guy that brought him along, uh, and they're really good friends. In fact, I watched Butcher Boy this morning. It's hilarious with Arbuckle and Buster Keaton. And The Navigator, my favorite, one of my favorite comedies, my favorite uh, Keaton comedy. So anyway, and things were tragic. And just when he was, you know, like when TV, the one thing he did do that Chaplin and uh, Harold Lloyd didn't do was sold all his movies to TV. So in the late 50s and 60s, there's this like renaissance of people loving Buster Keaton. And just as he's getting popular again, the guy's got cancer, even though they didn't tell him it was long cancer. They told me he had bronchitis. And uh, he died, I think he was 66. Wasn't very old. Well, let's see. No, he would have been older than that because he died in 66, I think. 
So he would have been about uh, 70, 71, something like that. Tragic life, I mean, but what a genius, man. Buster Keaton, anything by him, watch it, it's hilarious. So simply, thisdayinhistorypodcast.com, click on the Amazon banner. Plenty of Buster Keaton that you can find. Yeah, a lot of book, good books about him, too. Yeah. I've read several. They're, they're, you know, they're Whether it's good. a DVD collection, books, it's all there for you. Just click on that banner on our website, that Amazon banner, and off you go. Yeah, and, and Seven Chances is probably another good one. You know, if you've seen The Three Stooges, hold hands, you lovebirds. Remember that one? Well, that's kind of a Keaton movie or you know, he, he's going to inherit half a million bucks wherever he gets married yes. before 7 o'clock. Well, this one though, I mean, like, it's married before seven. Yeah, that was stipulated in the, uh, you know, in the will. His uncle, whatever. Well, he shows up at this church. I love any plot, Armand, that an uncle stipulates you have to do something. Yeah, that's probably what'll happen to me. That's like Brewster's millions. You got to spend all this money. Right. It's kind of a tried and true. But this was 1926, I think they made it. Oh, good. But like 500 women show up at this at the chapel, and they chase him all over. Helen gone, and it was just amazing chase. It was great. So anyway, Seven Chances, that's another good one, uh, Buster Keaton. And he made Limelight with Charlie Chaplin when he was down on his dumps, down in the dumps in 1952, and he really had nowhere to go. It's kinda, it was kind of, a, kind of a myth that he and Chaplin were rivals. They really didn't, you know, they didn't hate each other or anything. They were reasonably good friends. And Chaplin kind of gave him a break, said, listen, why don't you come to my movie? He gave him a kind of a spot in Limelight. It's a pretty funny scene where uh, Chaplin's uh, doing his violin uh, playing and, and Keaton's playing the piano. It's, it's a good scene in Limelight, probably on YouTube. But uh, gave him a break, you know, gave him a payday. And even then, Keaton was trying to direct Chaplin, doing some directing on him. So, so he, old habits die hard. Yeah. I think he was ranked number seven of the greatest directors of all time Makes by the sense. AFI. I don't know. I don't know. Chaplin wasn't even on the list. So well, that does not make sense. Where, yeah, it doesn't compute to yeah. me. So anyway, but... Man, what a guy. You got me looking up all these old Hardy Boy books now. <laughs> Did you ever read these? No, I never. I was, they I was never they were too childish. I'm, I'm reading Sherlock Holmes, man. I read that garbage. Oh, as an eight-year-old, you were reading yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Well, maybe right. not eight. I think junior high, 11. Oh, that's okay. Okay. Mm, that's good. That's real good. Bob's right. Twins wasn't manly. No, it was not. No. I was reading Mickey Spillane, dude. My gun is quick. Yeah. That's right. And sorry I had to smack you around a little. 1923, Charlton Heston, born. Yep. What can you say, man? He, he looked like Michelangelo's Moses, apparently. That's why he got the part. Jesus. <laughs> he had a face that looked like it belonged on money. Yeah, but, you know, he broke his nose. That's why he said, I have a profile like an eagle, which he kind of does. I think he broke it playing football. Drew? Yeah. He went to uh, New Trier, I think, high school. He and Ann Margaret and Wally Cox, I think they all went to New Trier South. Anyway, Charlton Heston, uh, his mother in uh, uh, Ten Commandments and Ben-Hur was Martha Scott, who I think was actually younger than him, or they're really close in age, but somehow she just looked like his mother, I guess. Um, He was a big-time Democrat, by the way. You know, this NRA, everybody thinks he's this conservative guy. He was a big Adlai Stevenson supporter, Kennedy supporter. He kind of changed later on, which, you know, then people started hating him, but he and Kirk Douglas were pretty good friends, even though, you know, they were on the opposite side of the political spectrum. My favorite Charlton Heston, though, I got to tell you, I think his best one is The Warlord. 1965, I think, came out. Great movie. Richard Boone and uh, uh, Stockwell, Guy Stockwell. Oh, no, Dean Stockwell. And uh, who else was in the, the, what's that, Marriott, Marriott, was it Marriott Hartley? No, not Marriott Hartley. 
I forget who the girl or the woman was. She's really good though. She bewitched him. She was a druid woman. A druid. Yeah, woman. and a bee stung him, and boy, he got. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, he got the tears of Elan. If you know, if you're Star Trek. All right. So you, now you said Charlton went to New Trier, and that or, is correct. Okay, that's what I thought. And uh, basically, he was born in Wilmette County. Yeah, yeah, Wilmette. That's a nice to do. New Trier High School's got it kind of going on. Yeah, they got a lot of alumni that are so famous. And, and Margaret, right? Adam Baldwin. Adam, yeah, okay. yeah. I didn't know Ralph, that. Ralph Bellamy. Oh, hmm. Bruce Dern. Oh, wow. Okay. Wasn't Wally Cox? Didn't he go there? Rock Hudson. Wow, William Sure. Rock Hudson and Charlton Heston were in high school together at the same time for probably one year, unless it was a three-year high school at the time. You think they made love? No. Virginia Madsen. We were talking. Hey, listen. I know Virginia Madsen. She was in my acting class. Virginia Madsen? Yeah, when I was at at Ted Liss. Mark Romanek? I don't know who he is. Yeah, but he's a director. Okay. Uh, Hal Sparks? I don't know him either. Yeah. Nico Totoro? Uh, Rain Wilson? Dwight from The Office. Oh, okay. This high school's got it going on. I thought Wally Cox went there. He didn't go I'm there? Looking, he's not on the list? Yeah, I'm looking to oh, see yeah, if... That's, uh, yeah, don't call, prove me wrong. They have it. The, the order of this is really weird. All right. Anyway, Charlton Heston, any of those, except El Cid, which I thought was a long bore, and he couldn't stand Sophia Loren. What else do I want to say about him? How I can s- you not stand Sophia Loren? I don't Loren? know. They didn't get along well. In fact, they were supposed to make, I think, uh, fall the Roman Empire together. He said, I'm not working with her again. Wow. I didn't know he's so tall. I saw him once. There was a there was a restaurant. Good grief! What is up with this high school? Donald Rumsfeld went there. Wow, Rummy went there. Yeah, he's from Chicago. Okay, Rami Manuel went there. Ugh. Yeah, well, we're one for two. This yeah. is this this is well. It's a nice area of Chicago. People, you know, rich people live Chet there. Chet went there. Well, yeah, rich people and they're successful and their kids are successful, so they go to the New Trier. Scott Turow went there. Oh, yeah, Presumed Innocent. Right, great book. Yeah, good movie, too. Yeah, good movie. One of uh, a movie, a book that really oh, did. Boy, that gal was hot, man. Oh, you're talking about Greta Sachi. Is that who it was? Oh, oh, smoking. Oh, that was a great. He put her up on that desk. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, boy, I, I have to step away from This high school is amazing. God, Liz hope, Fair went there. Well, I hope I get this gal drunk tonight. Science and technology, sports. Oh, my God. All right. Well, all right. Look up New Trier. Anybody can do that. Bruce Matthews went there. He's an NFL Hall of Famer. Uh, anyway, um, what else about Charlton Heston? Oh, I saw him once at this restaurant, and he's standing out in front waiting for his car, I guess, to pick him up or whatever, and I drove by. I said, hey, Ben-Hur. <laughs> Give me a Roman salute. It's pretty cool. Oh, he did? Yeah, he acknowledged it because I was, you know, I'm in my Mercedes. That's so awesome. He knew that I was class. Oh, sure. Well, yeah. of course. Hey, ben. <laughs> I called him Ben Hur. Meanwhile, paparazzi on the street takes a picture at that very instant. And oh, yeah, again, next day, Nazi. Charlton Heston is a Nazi from my cold dead hand. And remember, man, he was also God's voice in uh, Ten Commandments, yeah. the Burning Bush. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 1937, Jackie Collins. Uh yeah. Well, Joan's sister, man. Yep. I think she sold like half a billion books. Whew. Prolific author, yeah. Well, she authoress. Knew, she know she knew what those housewives like to read. Hey, man, I, I, man, I'd have married her. 
1941, Roy Blunt Jr. He's, he's actually pretty funny. I've read some of his stuff. Oh, you can hear him on uh, got some interest. Yeah, on uh, what's the show? Wait, wait, don't tell me. He's a panel guest on most weekends. Oh, that uh, is that the one with Garrison Keillor? That one? No, no, that's oh. Prairie Home Companion. Yeah. That's just the music and uh, he was in some anthology uh, that yeah. I booked. Roy I Blunt Jr. was also involved in National Lampoon. Oh, early. was he? Yeah. I, oh, that's funny. That's funny stuff. Uh, 1944, Tony Larusa. He's not so funny. Happy, no, humorless. You might say. <laughs> Dower. Uh, f- let's let's say Saturnine. I. <laughs> I, I you know, I, I many th- years of covering sports for me, and uh, he just looks like a guy that has bad breath. No, no, really? no, no. He's okay, a, good. No, he's not. <laughs> Like George Kennedy, because you know he's doing. Oh, George the Kennedy did. He do those halitosis commercials. Well, George, perfect guy, because he looked. He looks like he practically smells. He also breath. looked like a guy you weren't going to follow into a restroom. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, he, he could. I'm sure he'd have a thunderclap of a bowel <laughs> movement. Jeez. Anyway, uh, yeah, Tony LaRue. I don't think he was that great of a manager. I mean, how many champions? Do you want like two? When you had the A's? No, he won three World Series. Okay, and how many with the A's? Uh, Just one, right? Yeah, eighty-eight. What? Yeah, eighty nine. They beat no, no, the, the Dodgers won eight. He should have. They blew that one. He he he. Eighty nine. He, he was three and three in he World Series. Earth, I think the earthquake helped. Hold him. on, he was three and three in World Series play, and that's I'm just about saying it. What so you're much supposed talent. to, but that's what. That's three and three. That's about what you're supposed to be. I don't know, man. Yeah, oh. yeah. If you're the manager of the Yankees, you're supposed to be three and three. No, if you 30s. get to the championship game and you have a five hundred record in championship games, I'm just saying that's about right. Yeah, but he should have gotten to more then. Because those A's teams oh, in the late 80s, they man, were, oh, man, they, how can well, you lose? They were, well, because you lose series in the playoffs. That's why. He was in the playoffs all the time. From from his days, he, first of all, he took the Chicago White Sox to the playoffs in 1983. I remember that. Goes to Oakland, gets them in the playoffs, 88, 89, 90, 91, 92. I don't know about 93. First year in St. Louis, 96, in the playoffs. Second year, yeah, not so good. Third year. But then 2000, 2001, 2002, 2004, World Series, 2005, 2006, 2009, and 2011. Well, all right. I don't know. He's a Hall of Famer. Well, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. I don't he, he's one of the greatest. Maybe I'm trying to say the manager doesn't mean that much in any way. Uh, How about that? He's one of the last managers that meant a lot. Oh, you know, you missed somebody here that I think. Well, remind me to give you the last right. guy. 1949, uh, two actors to close up on birthdays. Armand DeSante. I like his name. And 1956. He was a good, uh, Mickey, he was a good uh, Mike Hammer. Yeah, you know, I, the jury. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, he, was. he was banging. What's her name? Uh, who was that gal? She was the gal in uh, uh, Never Say Never Again, too. Uh, Carrera. Was, it, was that, what was her first name? Oh, she was hot. Yeah, she was wild. She was that sex therapist. Mm-hmm. Remember, the, he was watching that orgy she was having, and that gal comes up to me and goes, no, I'm from Medicare. <laughs> that was a great line. Barbara Carrera. Barbara Carrera. Who played Fatima Blush. Fatima Blush, yeah, man. <laughs> Sean Connery got her in there on the boat. He blew her up with that pen. Oh. Remember that? He goes, not perfect, dude, not perfect. Uh, so anyway... Uh, yeah, Armand Asante, that was I, the jury. It was pretty good. We've got to get that on our little collection. Yeah, yeah, we man, that was a, man, there was all kinds of tits and ass in that movie. Remember that? Those yeah. twins? Man, that was that was a dirty movie. That was almost porn. Well, come on now. No, I'm down. telling you, there was nudity all over the place well, in that movie. Well, it was, it was the time. It was it Mickey was, Spillane, it was It was the age, right? 
All right. And Christoph Waltz, he's a good actor. I liked him. The two Academy Awards he won for uh, one for Inglorious Bastards. And the Is other. it I, the jury, or uh, I of the I jury? I, the jury. I, the I jury. comma, the jury. Yeah, I, uh, comma, the jury. Uh, and uh, yeah, you got Barbara Carrera, Loreen Landon. Wasn't Paul Sorvino in there? Crudus. Alan King was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He got, yeah, he was a gangster. <laughs> yes, Paul Sorvino is Detective Pat Chambers. Right. He looked, he goes, Hey, Hammer, try to just kill two or three people today. Pat Chambers, yeah. A guy named Pat Chambers is going to look like Paul Sorvino. Give me a anyway, break. Yeah, well, he was good. He had the New York accent. Try to just kill two or three people today. <laughs> That's great. The, the the film received mixed reviews. I like. Hey, for a young kid, it, I give totally positive. Yeah, man, Barbara Carrera had brown tits. Oh come I, on, I stop dark it. Dark areolas. Oh, stop man. it. Anyway, you know me. Boy, I like them pink. And she's Nicaraguan. There well, you go. She's still sexy. I didn't say she wasn't. I just no, said she's. I didn't either. Nicaraguan, said, and you like go. The, she's still sexy. I don't know. Well, I, I, like I like suddenly, wanna, if you're Nicaraguan, you can't be sexy. I just want to take some of the melanin out of her areola. That's oh, all. stop. Didn't say she was a, that? Is she a Sandinista? No. Hey, Christoph Waltz. Good no, act. Christoph Waltz. Inglorious Bastards. I'm and telling you, the that other Tarantino. Scene in, in, uh, well, uh, uh, you can tell he was supposed to be in the Hateful Eight, but the role went to Tim Roth. Oh yeah, Django. He went for Django. Uh, he's in Django. Yeah. But Christoph, as the as the uh, Nazi who wants to make a deal in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, if you want to win the war tonight. Oh yeah, well I like the scene where he's uh, uh, well. There's all kinds of scenes where he's eating the the cake with a gal or whatever. That uh, remember in the, well, in the la, restaurant, la creme. Yeah, la creme. Yeah, he's pretty good. He speaks four languages apparently. Yeah, and then he gets and everyone. Unlike Michael Curtis, who spoke five languages, none of them well. Yeah, this guy apparently knows how to speak those. You know, that was a good movie. We have a bingo. I thought the scene in the basement was a little long where they're playing the scene with it, but that's Tarantino. You know, they never know, did know when Tarantino, to cut a scene. What Tarantino is clearly doing in these last round of films is he's writing plays and he's filming them. I guess. The Hateful Eight is a is a stage play. That's all right. I it, mean, I don't mind that. No, it's good, but I, if you're going to do that, let's do it and let me go see it in a theater. If we're going to have a one-room shoot... Uh, you know, like a cabin in the mountains where everybody gets together to decide who the bad guy is. That's great. Let's do that. But let me go see it at a theater. I don't need to see it at a movie theater in 70 millimeter if I'm yeah, going to be looking at the inside of a room yeah, for two hours. You can't do that violence in a theater. That's, you know, you're not sure you can. Oh, no, you can't. Sure you can. They got exploding packets oh, of right. everything. This, this, Come what on. are you, a master of stagecraft? Uh, because. I'm aware of your. Yes. Theatrical background. Uh, a lot of theatrical background. You didn't take acting lessons with Virginia Madsen? Nope. <laughs> well, I did. Okay. Well, I don't know what that means, but... Oh, hey, it is Rembrandt. I knew there was something about him today. Yeah. His this death, guy's a real artist. His death. The Dutch painter and illustrator Rembrandt passes away on this date in 1669. What was his, what was his wife's name? He did all those... Saskia. Saskia? Yeah, all the women in his paintings. That was his wife's... And then he's in, of course, the one with the helmet. That's him. He's mm-hmm. in all his own... I like that. What the hell? All right. Catherine Booth, the founder of the Salvation oh, Army. Oh, remember, and, and by the way, the, the, the Night Watch. Yes. That? That's not in the night. It was just a dirty painting. They cleaned it up. Say, hey, this isn't a night. <laughs> that wasn't the name of it anyway. Like, like, just a dirty painting. Yeah, it was just the dirty. The way you said that, it's just a dirty painting. Yeah. Oh, you, you meant actual dirt. Yeah, oh. grimy painting, not okay. dirty painting, the, you know, the kind I like. <laughs> the painting didn't have a staple in it anywhere? Yeah, those paintings. <laughs> The, the paintings that black light makes the tits stand out. Those paintings, 3D. You just reach out and touch them. 
Oh, you're sick. With the pink areola. You're sick. All right. Listen, I need a date, man. Seek professional help. Well, I'm seeking I'm seeking uh, non-professional yeah, help tonight. Well, a couple of mojitos. Again, Catherine Booth, 1890, founder of the Salvation Army. Right, she bo- passed away. Was it Catherine? I thought it was uh, the other, the, her husband, right? That wasn't the was it? Co-founded. Okay, yes, her husband, husband as well. Booth, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Any relation to the... Was it Edwin Booth? To the Booth clan? No. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe a lot I'm of booths, of, though. A lot of booths. Yeah, well... Claire Luce Booth. Yeah, right. John Wilkes. John Wilkes yeah. Booth. And then uh, what's Connie his? Booth from Faulty Towers. The other, John Wilkes Booth's brother who saved, I think, one of Lincoln's That's kids right. or something That's from right. drowning or something. He saved his life. Yep. All right. Who else died? Ed, Ed, well, Edmund Booth. Or is Ed, Edmund Booth. Because mm-hmm. that was uh, Richard Burton played him in the movie. Well, 1946, uh, the great American race car driver passes away. Barney Oldfield, oh, who yeah. set a lot of speed records yeah. down on the beaches of Daytona. In fact, there is still a section of the stands at the Daytona International Speedway that's named the Oldfield section. So you're on your ticket, Armand, you'll, you'll be like, you'll be in Oldfield uh, Section 5, Row 34, for instance. I wouldn't know. I don't I don't patronize that sport. What? Racing? Racing, yeah. Why not? Horse racing, maybe. You know, it'd be a lot better if you could bet on the cars right at the track. Yeah, that'd be all right. That'd be yeah. If you can do it with horses, let's do it. And you can put money on it, who's going to get killed and shit. No, come on, on, stop it. it. Well, Although I've been at a race with a fatality. Did you ever? Well, of course. Didn't you ever watch Rollerball? Yeah, another good James Caan film. The original, not <laughs> yeah, the like the, original, not the, remake, yeah. the 75 with, version. With, uh, Houston versus Tokyo. Ralph Richardson was in it and John, Hugh, uh, John Hausman. <laughs> Hausman was in yeah. that? Yeah, that's right. Hey, he owned the what? team, I think. He, he was the owner. Yeah. What a sport. Why isn't that a sport? Mr. Hot. <laughs> 1947, Max Planck. Hey, now you're talking about this, somebody that had a little impact. Yeah, this is a biggie. Even he thought, though, that he's probably wrong about a lot of this shit. You know, he didn't really know how. He kept thinking this was going to be disproved, disproven his uh, well, he, you know, quantum theory. He's smart enough to realize yeah. that, you know. It's a conjecture. Right. But the global warming people are smarter. They know for sure they're right. So the German physicist, the you academic. ignore that. He's a Nobel Prize laureate. He was yep. born in 1858 and would pass away in 1947. Yeah, Max Planck. Now, someone who's been now we got all his units. I mean, I think this guy's got more units named after. We got the Planck time, mm-hmm. the Planck length. Yes, Planck's constant, which I wrote down because I can never remember it. Six point six two six zero seven zero four zero eight one times ten to the thirty fourth. And which, that's the constant of what? Well, it basically it, it's the quantum constant, which uh, is the uh, uh, the ratio of energy to frequency. You multiply it times a Planck constant. So here, E equals HF, which in its own way is probably even more useful than E equals M squared. But, uh, yeah. The ratio of energy to frequency. To frequency. Yeah, okay. the photon, yep. What else do I have? Oh, here's one Here's one who's been in the news a lot. Well, been in pop culture a lot lately. Henrietta Lacks died on this date in 1951. Who the hell is that? American medical patient. Okay. You don't know Henrietta Lacks? No. Okay, Armand, we're going to have to school you. My goodness. Got some kind of socialist undertones no. here. No. What did she want? Single pair? She with Bernie Sanders? No. She Medical was care she was the woman. Right. Hold on. She was yeah. the woman. Okay. Yeah. African American woman whose cancer cells were the source of the uh H E L A cell line. 
Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's they, the first immortalized right, they're using hers for, cell line. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right, and it's probably the most important cell line in medical Makes history. Makes sense. H. Henrietta Lacks. Okay, H. All right. So here's what an immortalized cell line is. Now, you might have to help explain this to me. And, and, and immortalized cell line is a line that will reproduce indefinitely under under the right conditions. And the H.E. Dot, our H-E-L-A cell line continues to this day to be a source of uh, medical data because it's still producing. Now, of course, she was unwitting to this because she had a tumor, uh, a bio, bi- she had a tumor biopsied. She had cervical cancer and she was at John Hopkins in Baltimore, 1951. And the souls were cultured by uh, Dr. Uh, George Otto uh, Gay, I guess, G-E-Y. Yeah, and uh, who then created the H-E-L-A line, which is still being used today. Yeah, <clears throat> well, I have a bunch of those. And so, not what they do with them. Of course, no consent was obtained oh, from Henrietta. But, uh, you know, look, her cells uh, have been incredibly yeah. valuable. I don't, I don't think she'd object. No, I don't think so either. But uh, And there's been a recent movie on her. Oh, okay. So you All might right. want to check that out. All right. This is That's a big one, man. Uh, 1970, this is one of my favorites. I would have loved to have seen what she would have done in the 1970s and 80s had she lived. Janis Joplin. Yeah. Immortalized, being in the 27-year-old club. But yeah. She's all right. All right? Oh, my, yeah. what, Sounds what, too much like a guy. What moves the needle for you, dear man? Uh, Caruso. Okay. UC Beerling. Yeah. You know, people with real voices. She got a real voice? And no acne. Well, yeah. Yeah. Barbara, Barbara Carrera's tits. Oh, stop. Well, if you're asking. 1982, Glenn Gould. Hey, the, now this guy's a musician, but yes. he, what a weirdo this guy was. George Zell said about him, that genius is nuts. And he was correct. Yeah, he was nuts. All right. <laughs> you had to have, I, think, I think the guy had a hypothyroid or something because he had to have the, 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 stu- the uh, studio or the chamber very hot. And he had all these. He had that special chair that his dad, they, st- they still have it. It's this, this bare chair his dad made. He could. He had to play with. Yeah, and you know, uh, there, there's a picture of a replica yeah. of the of the he chair was, here. I'm looking yeah, at. He was rather fastidious about his playing, but one hell of a pianist, Glenn Gould. Didn't like to be touched too. Apparently, somebody slapped him on the back once, and he sued. I think or something. I don't know. He was, he was Man, pissed off. Won Grammys in '73 yeah. and '82. Yeah, did a lot of recording. If you could stand the guy, best classical album of the year in the Juno Awards. Oh, whoa! Yeah, he plays a lot of Bach five know. different times. Well, here I'll tell you what he did. Uh, I don't like Bach. Uh, the Toccatas, uh, Volume yeah. Two, in 1981. The uh, Preludes. How do you say uh, Fugettas? Yeah, I guess a fugue. Fugettas Fugue-get- and Fugue-get- fugues. Yeah. Uh, in 1982, Haydn, uh, the last six sonatas. Uh, Bach again, the Goldberg variations. Well, those aren't bad. And Brahms, uh, ballads, uh, ballads, and, Rhaps- yeah. and rhapsodies. Yeah, well, uh, he did a pretty good first piano concerto. Although he, I think he was doing the Brahms first concerto with uh, Bernstein, and he liked to play it really slow. So they had kind of a problem there. So Bernstein's going, "Hey, who's in charge here? The conductor or the player?" <laughs> well, the player, I guess, because the guy said, "Okay, fuck you, I'm leaving," and they, they did it his way. So, yeah. <laughs> Who's in charge here? Yeah. So, Glenn Gould. What you, weird guy, but a hell of a pianist. Yeah, he was a hypochondriac, and, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, of yeah, course, real, he had high blood pressure. That's why I didn't like yeah, people touching him and stuff, I guess. But anyway, uh, the last one you've got, 
I have Gordo Cooper. Yeah, one of the uh, one Mercury of the original Seven. Mercury Seven who would pass away in two thousand and four. Yeah, I've got twenty fourteen Jean Claude Duvalier. Ooh. The Duvalier. Yeah, the Haitian Papa. Do- well, he's Baby Doc, Papa Doc's son. He was he. Now you think this Kim Jong Un? No, a, this guy's crazy. Well, I don't know about that, but he was he's ruthless. But he's also he was also nineteen when he took over the country. He, no, the well, he had the Tonton Macoutes. He he. Man, you want to read some stuff? Read about the Tonton Macoutes. Those are the guys that were like the enforcement wing of Duvalier, and they're like voodoo guys. Yes, that's just what I was going to ask you. Weren't they believing yeah. in all the black magic stuff? And blue going- shirts, blue blue denim shirts, dark glasses, and uh, machetes. And, man, they're ruthless bastards. Anyway, they uh, this guy got kicked out in 86, I think. They kicked him out of the country. I, I remember this yeah. from uh, – uh, Francois was his father. It, they went into Port-au-Prince and, and – Said oh, you're gone. Yeah, well, you're, you're you got to leave. Yeah, well, Reagan won it once they lost him, but he yeah he was they had a lot of problems on the island. They had to kill all the pigs because they had that encephalopathy. Oh yeah, that's right. So they had some real big problems in Haiti, which is still still got plenty. Yeah, you know? yeah. So anyway, that's there's a fascinating photo that you can find, which shows the border between Haiti and the Dominican Republic. Yeah, Dominican Republic was pretty. And on the Dominican side of the border, everything is fairly healthy and good looking. On the Haitian side, it looks like right. Well, Just because they have devs. property and they have a an, an, uh, reasonably uncorrupt government. All the stuff that Mises, well, after Ludwig Tr- von Mises after and Tr- Hayek said. After Trujillo left, yeah. Well, that's what that. I'm saying. Once you've got – that's what you need. You need property rights, contracts. Yeah. You need an uncorrupt government and enforcement and, and free markets. There you go. That's when you get – you know, all kinds of great stuff happens. When you don't, you get shit happening, like Puerto Rico, which is the problem down there with their infrastructure if they're corrupt. The government is corrupt, so they're not fixing the roads. They don't fix the electrical grid. They get hit by a hurricane, and look what happens. They're knocked up for six months. They're knocked out. Oh, I'm on. I think it's going to be longer than that. Well, probably will be. It's like EMP. Somebody blew up, you know. Yeah, I know. Hydrogen bomb over the island. Uh, anyway, the one I wanted to add on the births was 1929. Scotty Beckett. Now, Wasn't remember, he a child actor? Yeah, remember him? He was the one with the turtleneck and the ball cap. He was Spanky's buddy before. That's right. Before. Uh, Alfalfa came along. Yeah. And he was great in uh, my favorite performance by Norma Shearer, uh, Marie Antoinette. He was a dauphin. Oh. And, uh, yeah, th- th- what's great about him is after his career as a child actor, when he got, you know, old and ugly and he couldn't act, he was a he was a head case. Wow. Yeah, drunk, bad. crashing cars, writing bad checks. Good. Yeah, you're typical. I think somebody would do a movie on this guy. That's he went, interesting. He flamed out, finally killed himself. I don't know what oh. it was, second all. I'm not sure what he did. You want to do a movie on a child actor who yeah, Scotty Beckett. killed himself? Well, yeah, sign I didn't me say up. it's a comedy. <laughs> Tinseltown. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, man. He was a, he was a real tragedy. Anyway, Scotty Beckett. All right. October 4th, it's in the books, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. This day in history on lineupmedia.fm. Thanks to our producer, Andrew Allen, and show writer as well, who has assumed those duties. Thank you, Andrew. And uh, don't forget, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, any major podcast outlet. And, of course, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thisdayinhistory. All right, for Armand Kachigian, I'm Tony Hubert. And when October 5th rolls around, we will be here to tell you about it at lineupmedia.fm.
This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.